Chapter One of Ten Common Trees. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia. Ten Common Trees by Susan Stokes. Chapter One Black Willow. It was one cold morning in March. Black Willow looked down on her cousin Pussy, who grew in the shade of her branches and said, Pussy, Pussy, what have you done? You have taken the scales from your winter buds. This wind is as cold as can be. Now Pussy was just a shrub, not nearly so old as the big tree by her side. She had a dozen or more branches coming from near the ground altogether, while the big tree had one big trunk about two feet around. But she did not feel cold, so she said, I am not cold. Just see the gray wool with which my buds are covered. That will protect my flowers from the cold, and as for my leaves, they will not be out for some time to come. Black Willow saw that the shrubby willow was covered with short furry stems like the tip of a kitten's tail, but that no leaves were to be seen. This was strange, for Black Willow was not accustomed to show her catkins until the leaves were also ready. Not until then did she drop the single brown hood from her winter buds. It is better to wait until later, said she. My flowers get all the sunshine this way, was Pussy's reply and my seed-children have a nice start before fall. In spite of what Pussy had said, Black Willow found April a better time to begin. She had always waited for the south wind to come. Then, showers of rain fall warm and welcome, plants lift up their heads rejoicing. Back unto their lakes and marshes come the wild goose and the heron. Homeward shoots the arrowy swallow, sings the bluebird and the robin. All the meadows wave with blossoms, all the woodlands ring with music, all the trees are dark with foliage. If pussy were right, then the pussy willows ought to live to be as old as the black willows do. But there are very few of them that are strong enough to develop even into small trees. Black willows live a long time. They grow tall and have long drooping branches high above the heads of the pussy willows. So black willow drew a quantity of water up into her trunk and twigs. Her roots went down under the stream which was filled with melting snows. One day, when the sun was warm, the flat brown hoods covering her buds slipped off, and some scaly catkins pushed out. They were covered with tiny green scales fitting over one another like the shingles on a roof. There were some small leaves below. The twigs were not red as pussies had been, and the catkins were scarcely furry at all. When these were a little older, the scales pulled apart, and a sweet odor was carried by the breeze all around. The bees came looking everywhere for the honey. And where do you think they found it? Under the green scales. They had just been across the stream to another willow. It looked exactly like our tree, but for its flowers. The catkins on that tree were bright yellow, and numbers of little yellow balls stood out from under its scales. Those balls had been covered with a bright gold-colored dust called pollen. The bees had put a little of the pollen into some baskets on their hind legs. Then they sipped the honey at the base of the scale and started off to find some more. They traced the sweet odor to our black willow on the other side of the stream and found the honey under the scales of the catkins. But they did not find any of the golden dust which they liked to carry home to feed to the bee babies. Instead of the stamens with their yellow anthers, they found a tiny green bottle with a sticky summit which is called a stigma. They crawled all over the catkin, their dusty legs brushed against the sticky stigma, and some of the golden dust stuck fast. But that was right, for the tree on the other side had sent the pollen to our tree and had paid the bee with honey for carrying it. 
Would you like to know what Black Willow does with this gold dust? It uses it to help make seed. Down in the bottom of each green bottle, or the pistil, there are some very young seeds waiting to grow, and after they get the pollen, they do grow. On the inside of each seed is a willow baby. It is a very tiny baby, but the mother tree has given it a little jacket with a tuft of down. There are a great many of these babies in jackets in the green pistil, and to hold them all as they grow, it gets bigger and bigger, until by and by it bursts and the downy seeds pop out. The wind catches them, and away they fly. Some of the willow babies did not reach the ground. They were carried off by a yellow bird that was building in the tree across the stream, and were used to make a soft and downy lining for the young bird's nest. Although Pussy Willow had bloomed so much earlier than Black Willow, her leaves were not out much sooner. Black Willow unfolded hers at the same time that the catkins were lengthening. The two were alike in great many ways. They were of about the same size and shape, with very many delicate veins forming a network. They also grew in alternate order. That is, there was one on one side and then one on the other side of the stem. Black willows were longer and narrower than pussy willows, and they tapered to both ends. At the base of each leaf, just where it joined the stem, were usually two black dots. These marked the place from which the stipules fell. The stipules look quite different in different parts of the tree. On the later shoots that spring from near the ground, they are often large and form two leaf-like ears on either side of the base of the leaf. On the later branches, they are often so small that you might think they were not there at all. In these cases, they are small and hair-like and fall early, leaving a small scar. Willow leaves are so much alike that you must look very closely if you were to tell which willow you have. Some of them have smooth edges, and some of them have tiny teeth. Black willow has the toothed margin, and its undersurface is silvery. There is a vein near the margin which runs all the way around. The leaves are used to make food. They have a heavy coat on the upper side to shed the rain and prevent the leaf from drying out when the sun shines upon it. This coat is so tough that it is necessary to have places where the air can get through. The gateways are small openings through the cuticle or wall. There is a guard cell on either side, and they are found on the underside of the leaf. They are so very tiny that we use a powerful lens to study them. Through these pores the air passes in, and the water which the tree no longer needs is thrown off. They are called breathing pores. Willows drink a large amount of water. For this reason they live on the banks of streams, where their roots help to hold the soil when the melting snows fill the stream and threaten to wash everything away. They are also frequently found in soils which hold a large amount of water. Much of it is drawn into the tree and thrown off through the leaves. This helps to make new clouds. Black willows are often planted in parks along sidewalks, and they grow in all parts of the United States. The western form differs slightly from the eastern. Both have rough, dark bark, and the leaf stem or petiole is smooth. You must not think that the black willow is the only tree willow. The white willow is another. It has yellow twigs and silvery white or gray leaves. The leaf petioles are somewhat spotted with little bodies called glands. The crack willow is a tall tree with very brittle twigs. The young leaves are green above and waxy beneath. The poplars and cottonwoods are near relatives of the willows. The leaves are much broader and the buds better protected. The staminate flowers are less crowded. Some day you may compare them with the willow. A tiny gall gnat sometimes sting the ends of the twigs and stems of willows. This causes them to swell, 
and the buds, instead of growing into twigs, form leafy cones which might be mistaken for the fruit. The young of the gnat develop in these cones. The shoots of many willows are grown for basket work. They are planted close, and when they have grown tall and slim, they are cut. The bark is then stripped off, and the wood is used in the making of baskets and chairs. End of chapter 1 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia